Hello and welcome to the Beer Business Finance Podcast, where we combine beer with finance to help you create delicious profits in your beer business. I'm your host, Carrie Shumway. I'm a certified public accountant, a former CFO for a beer distributor, and I love numbers. This podcast will provide you with useful financial guidance that you can implement right away in your beer business to make more money. In addition to this podcast, please visit beerbusinessfinance.com. Here you'll find free tools and resources, information on upcoming courses, and you can sign up to receive the weekly Beer Business Finance newsletter for free. Each week, we cover a specific financial topic to help you improve the financial results in your beer business. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Beer Business Finance Podcast. My name is Kerry Shumway and I will be your host. Today we are going to be talking about inventory management, how to manage all those SKUs. So inventory is a huge asset, might even be the biggest asset on your balance sheet. Usually that's after property, plant, and equipment, that warehouse, land, and building. Um, And we've seen certainly a huge growth in inventory in this asset over the years. And a corresponding need to improve our inventory management so we can safeguard and protect all of these dollars that are just sitting around in the warehouse because that's what inventory is. It is dollars just in a different form. Now, the other thing about inventory management, you know, we're going to get into a lot of the numbers, you know, how much it costs to carry inventory and so forth and how we can manage that. But one of the things you may not directly think about is that good inventory management is good customer service, right? Because we want to make sure that we've got good inventory management so that we have the right products on hand. So when the customer orders them, they're going to get them without being shorted or out of stock. And furthermore, good inventory management means good organization. So we're picking the right products. We're getting the right stuff on the truck, things of that nature. Good inventory management is proper rotation so that fresh beer is going out into the market and so forth. So certainly good inventory management is going to help you save money in terms of how much you're investing in this asset, but it's also going to have a ripple effect and provide good good customer service, among other things. You know, I found that inventory, uh, like many things in the business, but inventory ripples through all of the departments. Uh, You know, sales, they want to have confidence that they're out there selling inventory that's actually going to be in the warehouse. Drivers want to have the confidence that they've got the right uh, orders that have been picked and put on their truck. Our warehouse team wants to have good inventory management so that, again, things are properly organized, breakage is accounted for, we have good receiving process, admin needs good inventory so that when we're doing those inventory counts and doing the updates in the system that we're getting accurate information in there. So it really really ripples through all departments, all aspects of our organization. So I probably don't need to convince you that good inventory management is good for the business, good for customer service, and good for our cash flow. So the name of the game is we don't want to have too much, too much inventory because that's going to tie up cash. It's going to fill up the warehouse and it risks uh, that very expensive thing called out-of-code beer. But likewise, we don't want to have too little because then we have lost sales. We can't fill orders. Customers are frustrated. Sales are frustrated. Everybody loses in that. 
So really the question is how to engage all of your managers in the inventory management game, not just the inventory manager. So we're going to talk about how to use numbers to measure and monitor results relative to your inventory and really how to get everybody involved in making inventory management a priority. So as a quick overview for this podcast, uh, we're going to talk about total inventory carrying costs. What does it actually cost to carry that inventory? We've got fixed costs, variable costs, and so forth. And I'll have a template for you that you can use to plug in your own costs and see what it really, the aggregate expense really is. Because more than just buying the inventory, paying that FOB or invoice cost, there's a lot of other stuff involved. Next, we'll talk about account process. You know, using cycle counts, full physical counts, what your team should like, how, should look like, and how you want to train them. We'll talk about an inventory scoreboard. I love scoreboards using metrics to track uh, key uh, KPIs within your inventory. We'll look at the inventory management team, really pulling it all together, all this information, getting it in the hands of the manager so they can make a difference. So those are the items that we're going to dig into before we get started, I do want to say uh, that at beerbusinessfinance.com, you can get a free 60-day trial to the membership, and this is going to be for a limited time. So if you want to go over to beerbusinessfinance.com, go to the shop in the annual subscription, and if you sign up, you'll get a free 60-day trial. You'll have unlimited access to all of the online courses, the guides, spreadsheet tools, back issues of the Beer Business Finance newsletter and more. So go to beerbusinessfinance.com, sign up for that free 60-day trial, give it a whirl. All right, so we'll start with inventory carrying costs. What does this mean? Uh, There's different studies out there that show what the average cost to carry your inventory is. But first, first let's talk about how it's calculated. So we're going to add up all the costs that are associated with carrying our inventory, and we're going to divide that by our inventory value. And that's going to give us a percentage for the inventory carrying costs. So the studies that are out there show that the cost to carry your inventory can can vary widely, but an average is around 25%. So if you've got a million dollars worth of inventory, 25%, that's 250000 That's sort of an average annual cost to carry that inventory. And what are all those items that are included in that? We've got things like rent and lease expense, utilities, got breakage, out of code, shrinkage, destruction costs, got insurance and depreciation. We've got transportation and handling. We've got wages for our the various warehouse teams and operations teams. There's a lot of things that go into carrying this inventory, safeguarding it, you know, making sure that our, our inventory is properly accounted for. So to create your schedule of carrying costs. You know, first we want to really look at an overview of, of things to consider, things to include. First is list out the components. List out all the costs that are related to carrying your inventory. And again, I'll have a, a, a model that you can use to uh, edit and plug in your own numbers. So list the components. Next, we want to identify the basis for the cost. How are we coming up with this cost? How are we allocating this cost? Uh, across our inventory, whether that's by square footage, by hours, things of that nature. Then we want to quantify the cost for each of these components. Next, we want to look at whether these things are fixed. Are these are these carrying costs fixed costs? 
like a lease expense might be a fixed cost, or are they variable, meaning uh, they're going to change depending on the volume uh, that you may have in there. So we want to identify these fixed, are they variable. Next is we want to put an emphasis on the cost that we can control or we can reduce. So I'll run through some examples quickly. If we list out, we think, all right, what are the costs associated with all the inventory that's sitting out there in the warehouse? The first and most obvious one might be our, our lease expense or our rent. So we're going to calculate what is the rent for the warehouse within which all of this inventory is sitting. And then we're going to allocate uh, that rent cost specifically to the place where the inventory is being kept. So if we've got, a let's just say, a 10,000-square-foot building and 7,000 is warehouse storage for inventory and the balance might be offices and so forth, we're going to allocate 7,000 of those 10,000 or 70% of our rent towards the carrying costs of inventory. Next, we're going to look at utilities and other big costs. What's our total utility bill? How much of that is specific to the inventory, particularly if we have temperature-controlled locations, things of that nature? And we're going to assign that as well. If we've got it specifically metered, that's going to be the cost. If we don't have it, we just have a utility bill for that 10,000-square-foot building. We can, again, assign this based on square footage or another use another basis, but that's an easy one to do. Next might be payroll wages are people that are handling this equipment. They're receiving it, they're rotating it, they're counting it, they're touching it on a regular basis. An estimate of the number of hours uh, that they're spending times their average rate, and we want to build that in. Destruction cost breakage out of code. We generally track that. We want to add that in as well. So we add up all these costs. We come up with a total. We divide it by our inventory value, and that'll be our our cost to carry. Now, in the example that I'm going to provide in the link, I've got about 500000 of total carrying costs. I've got an inventory value of, in this example, $2 million. So I'm going to do the math on that, and I'm going to come up with a percentage. 25% is the cost to carry. So something just to think about is, as we're taking on more inventory, it's not just the cost of the product that we're bringing in. It's all these related costs to, to maintain, to safeguard, to essentially carry that inventory. And again, as you make your list, really the goal is to identify where, what are fixed and variable costs, where can we control, is there something we can do to try to reduce these costs. So it's to, it's to use this information in order to try to save, try to reduce on the expense side, of course and classifying it as fixed or variable can help uh, in a starting point for that. But I also think it's just an eye-opener to know that there's these costs that are associated with a rising inventory. We all see we maybe we used to have an average inventory value of a million dollars, and now we're at a million five. And that doesn't feel great because we're carrying an extra 500000 but it's much more than that because it's all those costs associated with taking care of and carrying that inventory. So it's certainly just something to be aware of. And once you're aware of it, uh, you can put plans in place to try to lower those costs and improve. Next is an inventory count process. So this is really, we need to safeguard that inventory, those assets. We need to count regularly. And I've seen this done in different ways uh, between cycle counts or full physical counts. And really the way I differentiate between those two 
is if we have a universe of, say, a thousand things we need to count, we can shut everything down and go count them all at once. You know, within everybody take a day, let's just go count these. Or we can cycle through those and maybe we're counting them uh, five, you know, for a period of time throughout the month. Maybe we're setting aside Tuesdays and Thursdays, you know, two hours each day, and we're going to count, you know, 100 items with the goal of counting the entirety of our inventory items, or at least our material items on a regular basis. And we can segment our inventory into uh, like A, B, and C type items. A, B, and C being defined however you like, but generally it's your higher volume of the things that move more quickly or the higher value products that are out there. So we want to, we generally want to count those more frequently because if they're moving more frequently, there's a higher likelihood um, of having count variances. So that's distinction cycle counts, full physical counts. My preference is to go with the cycle count program. I think it's more manageable, breaks down a big problem into bite-sized chunks, uh, allows you to, I believe, use uh, employees that are better trained in the process of counting rather than what I've seen be kind of a fire drill when everyone's trying to count all at once. We're pulling in people from the sales team to count, uh, people that you know may have some challenges uh, in that process. Uh, so your, your decision on whether to use cycle counts or full physicals, of course, um, but give consideration to which is going to have the have the best outcome for you and ultimately get you what you want, which is an accurate uh, count of what's actually in the warehouse. So we break down the count into three separate stages. First is just planning and preparation. That's, you know, when are you going to do the count? Who is going to do the count? Make sure they're properly trained and understand actually how to do that. Second is executing the count. What are the rules relative to recounts? At what point are we going to have people go back in and recount if there's a count variance? Uh, what what are who's going to do the recount? Things of that nature. We just want to have a good protocol in place so that we get again good accurate information. And then we want to have deadlines to complete. We can't stop operations indefinitely, and you know, we need to be doing our regular course of business. So we need a deadline to complete this. And lastly, is analyzing the results. And this is very often. Uh, where we drop the ball, taking time to figure out what happened and improve. And that's analyzing what kind of variances we might see during the count. So we go in and we count and invariably things are going to be off. Uh, and we're always like, how is it? I don't understand. Why is, you know, I got too many of that and too little of this. Uh, taking time and understanding it's going to take time to analyze the results and planning for that is really the key to this whole thing. So we continually count, we're continually off, we continually just make the adjustment because we don't know what happened, and then we move on and we do it again. And we haven't addressed really the root cause uh, of what's creating these variances. So I think if, if there's if you take nothing else away from this, it would be to understand that analyzing the results of the count and the variances that you see uh, is is probably the most important part of this. And really the only way we're going to get better and improve the overall accuracy of our inventory and figure out what's going on. So to set aside time, to know it's not going to be easy, uh, that it is going to take some time and, and really build that into the process, I think is is very important. All right, let's look at key inventory metrics for your inventory. So I do find that managing inventory does become a game of don't run out of inventory, but don't have too much inventory. Um, 
it can be very uh, tough for an inventory manager to kind of balance those two competing objectives. Don't have too much, but don't run out. Uh, so one way to avoid that um, is to quantify it, is to really kind of define as best we can what the right amount of inventory looks like. And we can do this using a scoreboard, uh, key measurements, and obviously engaging our managers uh, in this process. And the inventory scoreboard is generally made up of, there's, you can have as many metrics as you like, but these four key metrics of inventory management, days on hand is the first measurement, and that really helps us answer the question or achieve the objective of don't have too much inventory. That's days on hand, don't have too much inventory. This is going to quantify for your inventory manager, for everybody, uh, what that what that looks like in terms of uh, the right amount of inventory. Next is out of stocks. We don't want to run out. Now here, um, unless you have cracked the code, out of stocks are just kind of part of doing business. Now the question is, what is an acceptable level of out of stock? So if we say the acceptable level is zero, uh, well, that's going to influence the first metric days on hand because uh, we're going to have to probably have a lot more inventory. If our out-of-stock goal is zero. However, if we look at out-of-stocks as a percentage of sales historically, and we see where we've come in and what we're comfortable with, we want to improve upon that, um, we can quantify what our out-of-stock goal is, share that with our inventory manager and our teams, so that we've determined a quote-unquote acceptable level of out-of-stocks. Now, that can be whatever number you decide on. Um, but again, that's quantifying what the goal is and communicating it. Next is out of code. Uh, here again, doing out of code as a percentage of sales, I think is useful. Um, we can see what we've done historically. We can track against that going forward. We can implement new strategies to try to improve, you know, whether that's managing code dates better, educating our team on how to even read the code dates, where to find them. Uh, rotation practices and things of that nature. Uh, but out of code, uh, and out of code is a percentage of sales, certainly a, a very big expense these days. Uh, and lastly, inventory variances. We just talked about with our cycle counts or our full physical counts, we're going to have variances in our inventory counts and we want to analyze them. And we want to determine an acceptable level of variance. And here it can be as low as you like. I tend to look at historically what's our variance been. How do we improve upon that? How do we put more emphasis and time on that analysis phase of the count so we can actually figure out what we think might have gone wrong, what we might have created that variance? So for each of these items, these four key inventory metrics, days on hand, out of stocks as a percentage of sales, out of code as a percentage of sales, and inventory variances, we create a scorecard, we do the calculation, we train our team on how the numbers work, and then we watch these numbers compared to a goal. What's our goal? Where do we need to be? Where are we right now? And we talk about them. Uh, again, being a scoreboard, you know, we want to know what the score is. Uh, we want to you know, think of this as a game, so to speak. And how do we win the game? You know, we got to win on that scoreboard. So it starts with that as communicating that information, training up the people who can really make a difference in improving the score. Next, I want to talk a bit about an inventory management team and traditionally how is this done and something you may want to think about 
uh, for the future that might be useful and effective in improving inventory management. I, I generally see that inventory is the responsibility of, of your sales manager and an inventory manager if you have one. But opening up the purview to your warehouse manager, delivery manager, and an admin person uh, can potentially make a really big difference. So your sales manager is obviously involved with the proper forecasting. What are the market needs? What are we going to need to have on hand? They would then hopefully communicate with the inventory manager so they're ordering the right products, um, having them in at the right time, in at the right quantities. The warehouse manager can benefit from this knowledge as well if, let's just say, for example, we're bringing in new products, new suppliers, new brands, new packages. Where are we going to put this? The warehouse manager needs to organize the warehouse appropriately to be ready to receive uh, those new products, to make sure we have a good rotation plan relative to rotating fresh beer, and overall safeguarding the inventory. So they can lend uh, their perspective uh, to inventory management as well. Your delivery manager relative to accurate deliveries and reporting on those can also lend uh, perspective to inventory management. Each of each of these folks has uh, different experiences with, sees different things within the business. Um, this is just a great way to kind of pull all that information together so you can really improve your inventory management. And your admin or your office manager, you know, they're putting in, they're generally the ones that are making adjustments in the system. Uh, so if we have some variances, is it re- a result of a timing problem as to when the count occurred and when the admin person put it in the system and having that discussion. So I've seen a lot with the warehouse manager with, hey, we finished the count yesterday. I don't even know if these have been updated in the system. Now, a lot of that should be taken care of if we have live, you know, everyone's out there with a, uh, a handheld device counting and updating the system as we go. Uh, but that may not be the case. So the admin folks really understanding how they play a role in good inventory management. So the goal is set the team, give them the tools so that they can measure, monitor, and improve that performance. So that's a quick overview on inventory management. We know it's super important. We know we want to do better. Take a look at your total inventory carrying costs. It may be an eye-opener for how much money is really at stake there. Check out that spreadsheet model, plug in your own numbers, and calculate what your cost to carry inventory is and consider if there's opportunities to reduce costs there. Take a look at your count process. A lot of this is just really, you know, holding up a mirror to yourself. What What is our count process right now? Is it regular enough? Is it consistent enough? How do we feel about the accuracy of our inventory? Um, you know, are we feeling confident about it? Is our sales team lost faith in it? Are we somewhere in between? So really analyzing that count process. And again, uh, once the count process is done, looking at those variances and trying to understand the underlying causes as to where things may have gone wrong. And there's not an infinite number of ways. Typically, if you're going wrong, you want to, there's a checklist of areas that you can look at. You can look at your receiving process. You look at, look at your picking process. Uh, you can look at your ordering process. Um, obviously, the count process itself. So, there's a fixed number of places where things go wrong, and then we want to identify those, test them, audit them. Oh, it looks like we, you know, our receiving is not working properly because of one reason or another. But we, we break down the potential variables, the potential places where things can go wrong, uh, try to identify where it might be and make improvements there. 
take a look at an inventory scoreboard concept. I just think this is such a cool way to quantify what success looks like within inventory management. Days on hand, out of stocks, out of code, and your count variances. And lastly, consider expanding your inventory management team. It's such a huge, huge asset. It's so much money that flows through our business, sits on our balance sheet, sits out there in the warehouse. It's a lot of cash. So involving more people in the inventory management team, showing them the score relative to count variances, what might be going wrong? You'd be surprised very often, you know, a, a driver might say, well, here's what I think it is, or the admin person might have an idea. It's someone you might not expect. So opening up your inventory management team to include some other folks. So that's just a bit about inventory management. I hope you'll find that uh, useful, something in here you can can try in your business. Again, if you want to give the free 60-day trial to beerbusinessfinance.com a try, just head over to the website, beerbusinessfinance.com, go to the shop, sign up for the annual subscription, and you'll get the first 60 days for free and get unlimited access to all of the online courses, financial training courses, uh, back issues of the newsletter, guides, templates, and so much more. Thank you for listening to the Beer Business Finance Podcast, where we combine beer with finance so that you can improve financial results in your beer distribution business. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, please visit beerbusinessfinance.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free weekly beer finance newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your beer business today.